Behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be for all the people. For to you is born this day in the city of David the Savior, who is Christ the Lord. Over the last several years, both here and, and back in the USA, I've come to believe that there really is only, only one Christmas sermon. I mean, people preach all kinds of Christmas sermons, but this is the only real Christmas sermon. The message that the angel gave to the shepherds tells it all. That's, that's the whole story. And I, I think, actually, I've preached this sermon the last four or five years without much difference because it's, as I said, the only one that really matters. Behold, I bring you glad tidings of great joy. Glad tidings of great joy. I bring you glad tidings of great joy. Notice in that sentence, it's first person to second person. I bring you. It's not, it's not about a story that happened a long time ago, although it did happen a long time ago. It's about something that's happening right now in this place as I speak to you. I say to you, I bring you glad tidings of great joy. I bring you glad tidings of great joy right here, right now. You may say, well, how, what's your justification for saying it all happens right now? Well, it's right there in the sentence. I bring you great tidings, glad tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. You see, it isn't just for those silly shepherds, silly, I shouldn't say that, should I? It isn't just for those shepherds who are watching their flocks by night. It says for all people. That is, the people gathered around Bethlehem, the people in Judea, the people all around the Roman Empire, and the people not just who lived in year zero, but the people who live in every year, in every generation. I bring you glad tidings of great joy, which shall be for all the people. Who does that include, folks? It includes you. You. So I bring you glad tidings of great joy. And that's what this is about. It's, it's about a proclamation, an announcement. You know, that was in the first lesson that Diane read. It's to be an announcement. Something's changed. Something is different. Something's good. The victory's been won. I bring you glad tidings of great joy. For unto you this day is born in the city of David, the Savior who is Christ the Lord. Notice it says this day, this day. Now, of course, well, that was that day. No, 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 no. This day for you. Now, I'll come back to the city of David in a minute. But is born to you a Savior who is Christ the Lord. A Savior. That's one who, who rescues, who, 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 who wins the victory, who, who ransoms you, gets you back, saves you from whatever. I don't know what it is you actually need saving from. The Bible's pretty clear that you need saving from something. One of the great theologians of the mid-20th century was Paul Tillich. Not beloved by a lot of people, but by some he was. But Tillich said that, that salvation really applies to, to three things, and, and it comes in different periods of history. It, you were saved from death, from sin, and from 
meaninglessness, those three, he said. And he said those three things, although they're always present in different periods of history, uh, some are more important than others. And in the early church, the, the worry was about death, to, be, to be, see death overcome was a wonderful thing. At the time of the Reformation, it was about sin. You know, Luther, how can I find a gracious God? He was worried about his sin. And you know, the late Middle Ages, people worried about sin. I, I wish people worried about sin that much these days, but I don't think they do. I don't think sin is something, you know, it, it just doesn't weigh on us the way it did on them. You can say that's not right, it doesn't matter, it's just the way it is. Sin does not weigh on us. I doubt if death does either. You know, we're, we're pretty divorced from death these days. It usually happens in a hospital or away from us. We, we insulate ourselves from death. Up until 100 years or so ago, people were very familiar with death. It happened in the bedroom. You know, people saw it all the time. Children grew up with death around them. They knew what it was. That's not so today. And so death doesn't weigh on us the same way it did then either. What I think does weigh on us, though, is this question of meaning. This question of meaning. Does my life have any meaning? Am I just here for these few short years and then gone? Does my life have any significance at all? You know, when my children are gone, and then my grandchildren, will anybody remember me? Doubtful. You know, we're remembered for two, maybe three generations, and then we're gone like, like fog. Just gone. Does my life have any significance? Yes, it does have significance. The same significance that, that gives you significance the day you die, that takes away your sins, it's because you are loved by this one whom God sent. You are precious. And whatever happens to you, whatever happens, you live a long life or a short life, if, if you are become the president of Lithuania or Egypt or, or India or America, from this end to that end of significance, it doesn't change because you are significant. You are loved. You are precious. Each and every one of you. Jesus came into this world to be that loving presence for you. God sent him to love you. That's you in the singular, guys, each and every one of you. And that's, that's what he did when he walked this earth. He went around reaching out to individual people, touching their lives, whether they, they were poor or lame, broken, sinful, even the dead, <laughs> he raised up to new life. Reaching out and saying, you are precious. He did that over, he didn't use those words, that's what happened over and over again. You are precious. You are so precious. And you know what? That got him killed. Do you know that? It got him killed? Because the powers that be said, well, only the rich and the religious and the righteous are important. The rest of you folks don't amount to much. But he said, no. Each and every one is precious. Each and every one from the littlest person to the greatest sinner. Each one is precious. You are precious. Your life is precious. Your life has a meaning. You know, I, sometimes when I've talked to people who I, 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 uh, 
for whom I wasn't sure they had any faith at all. I would, I, let me say it this way. The universe is friendly. <laughs> Something out there loves you. You are significant. And that something is God. He sent his son to love you even now, right here. I bring you glad tidings of great joy. For unto you is born this day, this day right here, Savior, who is Christ. He's the one we've been waiting for. Christ, the Lord, has come for you. Because you are precious. Good news. Good news. You are precious. Let me go a little further. I said I'd come back to the city of Bethlehem. Um, to you is born this day in the city of David. That's Bethlehem. That's Bethlehem. You know, the most wonderful coincidence, if it is a coincidence in all the scripture, I think, is that Jesus was born in Bethlehem. Some of you probably know the meaning of the word Bethlehem. Do you know the meaning of the word Bethlehem? House of bread. <laughs> house of bread. Think of that. Born in the house of bread. That's just not a coincidence. It, it, it's got to be more than that. Because today we can say, he comes to you where? In a house of bread. In a, in a, in a bit of bread. He comes to you in that in that you can hold him just as Mary did in your hand. Hold him because he comes today. He's here. Not, not just something that happened a long time ago. I, I get so tired of preachers, forgive me, who, who want to talk about the story as if it were just information about something that happened a long time ago. No, it's something that's happening right now in our presence. He comes to us in that house of bread, that house of bread, makes his home with us. You know, I've often heard people say, oh, I, I just wish I could have been there that first Christmas. Well, you are there, right now, you are here. This is it. In my church back in Kansas, for the last, I don't know how many years, a number of years, we've made a big effort to uh, decorate the chancel in such a way that it looks like a stable. And we make great effort to make the altar look like a manger. Even going so far as to have straw hanging around the edges of the altar. Because that's where this Christ child comes to you today. You see, you can't get back to that Bethlehem. Not until, t at least until time travel is arranged, you can't. But that Bethlehem comes to you here today. And, you know, I walked over here this morning and I thought, the person, the person who designed this altar thought the same thing. Did you look at it? Did you look at it? Where's the manger? Right there on the table. It's the very first thing, the lowest thing on, on, on that whole big thing is the manger. Because that person wants us to know but this is Bethlehem for us. This is Bethlehem for us. He comes. Behold, I bring you glad tidings of great joy. For to you, you, each and every one of you, is born this day, in this city of David, this Bethlehem, the Savior, 
who is Christ the Lord. He's come for you, come to give himself to you, to be your Lord, and to promise that you are precious and significant forever and ever. Whatever your life holds, you are precious.